0: hello and <laughs> fuck you
1: <laughs> so sorry <laughs> i've
0: been keeping my whiskey burps to myself and you're just full out man Start starting Oof. to sound like me we're spending too much time together we're in sync hello and welcome to doc to me my name is heather and i'm kathleen and this week we are watching amber the girl behind the alert on peacock Man,
1: talk about a fucking tearjerker! <laughs> I was like, "Am I gonna cry?" And you were like, "You yeah, probably will." <laughs> I did not, but I know you will. <laughs>
0: Before is? we get into that, you can follow us on Twitter and/or join our Facebook group. Info for that can be found in the show notes. If you would like to email us comments or suggestions or donate to us at PayPal, our email address is dr at gmail dot com. We appreciate any help, whether it's a way we can make this podcast better or just a dollar.
1: Or a recommendation? Seriously, just tell us what you want us to, to watch. Like, or
0: we're going back to Forensic Files. We're going back to
1: Forensic <laughs> Files. We need something a little heart, like you know, light-hearted it's been just and just, sadness. Yeah, like I've been at a real low point. Like I, this one is
0: definitely it's rough. This documentary was directed by Elizabeth Fisher and was released on January seventeenth. So, as of this recording, Tuesday, because it is well, now it's the twenty-second. <laughs> And now it's officially past our bedtime. <laughs> this one was hard to cover just because it had such a huge impact on me when I was younger.
1: It was a big part of our lives, yes,
0: and it will probably be a long episode because this case is like really important to me. Arlington isn't that far from where we grew up, and she wasn't that much older than us. She mm-hmm. was
1: two years one year older than you, yeah, she was not even our old, age. Yeah. yeah, she was not even a year older than me. It just and i myself now have a nine-year-old yeah. daughter and oof, i just it was
0: not I, easy i remember what i was doing when this story first came out my sister and i were out fi- front riding our bikes when my dad came out and just like in a panic voice which never fucking happened told us to get inside Just no explanation. And of course, we're like, what the fuck? Why is dad being such a dick? Yeah. (laughs) Until mom had to sit us down and explain that a girl was kidnapped off her bike, not too far away. I was like,
1: oh, yeah, I mean, I remember just running the neighborhood.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So let's just get into this one. Uh, If you can't figure it out from the title, this story is about Amber Hagerman. Normally, I don't explain what the documentary we're covering about is right away, but it's literally the title of the documentary.
1: Right, and anyone who knows the Amber Alert knows who it's named for. So, yes. Donna Williams
0: is the first talking head in this, and as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Just because it's hard not to get emotional when you hear from the mother of such a young victim. Donna is Amber's mom, and when you talk about strength in the face of tragedy... She should just pop up.
1: She's a beast. Like, <laughs> I would not have been able to go on. I, anytime I think about anything happening to my kids, I'm like, well, I would probably just tell myself. Oh, I shut down. Yeah. yeah. I, I would kill myself. I'm gone. Like, there's no going on. Like, you, how do you move on from that? No.
0: Uh, she has never let us forget her daughter. That's not a bad thing. I know it sounds like a bad thing.
1: <laughs> no, she's definitely, she has made sure that, you know, she left a legacy. Yes. Uh, every anniversary she's right there on tv i'm sure i'll
0: say it again later but she's amazing it's just so heartbreaking to see this room she has dedicated to her, her daughter's memory it's just filled with so Ugh. much things and when she her said that she doesn't years.
1: normally keep the things out she keeps them in yeah. like protective tubs so the things don't get destroyed and like my heart just broke because yeah. i couldn't imagine like having only mementos yeah August 1995, a
0: local news crew in Arlington, Texas, began filming a local family for a documentary. I looked it up. It was WFAA, Channel 8. Didn't they just recently show up on another episode (laughs) we had? I think so. It might have been Henry Lee Lucas. That's the only Texas one I can think of right offhand. I think you're right about that. (laughs) I want to say yes. It was basically to document a family on welfare. I assume because there's, I mean, there's still stigma around people using welfare but that's mostly from assholes who rail against social programs and yet still cash in their social security when they hit retirement. Pam Curry is the producer of the WFAA documentary and she still has hundreds of tapes from that time. So Donna was a single woman with two kids Ricky and Amber and for months Pam and her photographers
1: Paul Parasot and John Doty who they didn't even mention in this their names yeah especially found odd considering obviously they were looked into uh, they basically live there at the home just documenting documenting
0: their lives and featuring a single mom in a light like this did not happen during that time now it's not so much of a big deal and there's more programs to help with it but it used to be that the only place you could really go to for help was local women's shelters Donna talks about how she first found out she was pregnant with Amber at 18. She met Amber's father,
1: Richard, when he was 34. Which I won't even say anything about. I'm just not
0: going to say And she was just walking around the neighborhood, and he just happened to be outside, and they got to talking. I'm 34 years old now, and there's no way I would even take the time to talk to an 18-year-old. Why are you knocking up an 18-year-old? I just... He does look like a blonde Dale Earnhardt, so maybe that's her thing. (laughs)
1: I'm not going to say anything. I just won't.
0: And four years after Amber was born, they had a son named Ricky. A few years after that is when Donna and Richard split due to him being an abusive alcoholic, which is fair because when you have the neighbors calling the cops because they can hear the abuse, it's time to end things.
1: Oh, but he says that he wasn't
0: abusive. (laughs) They just argued. (laughs) it got so bad that the cops finally had to del- tell donna if we get called again to come out here we're taking the kids which is such a shitty thing to say i hope things have changed since then with how police treat
1: domestic violence victims but i have a feeling it hasn't yeah like maybe if we have to come out here again we're taking you and the kids
0: yeah or <laughs> like- here's some places you could go to here's some numbers She took a couple of things, and she and the kids lived in her car for two days until they could get into a shelter. They stayed at the shelter for six weeks before they were able to get her on welfare and find her an apartment for them to live in. Because, duh, it's not a one-day process for you to leave your abuser, especially when you have kids.
1: And you literally started having children at 18
0: she couldn't go to her parents because of course that would be the first place he would check uh nine months after moving into the apartment is when the documentary filmmaking began and it shows how donna struggles to try and get off welfare she's doing the best she can with going back to school working at the welfare office and also just making sure kids are doing well and staying fed and it just shows how hard it is to get by, especially when she tells the kids they can't attend a skating party because, because it would cost $3. $3 each for them to attend.
1: I was so heartbroken. I just wanted one of the film members to be like, oh, here, we'll pay for it this time. Yeah, like, Here's $5. Ugh.
0: And Donna is slowly letting Richard back into the kids' lives because according to her, he never abused them and he is their dad. The crew even attended Amber's ninth birthday party on November 25th to film. January 13th, 1996, Donna takes the kids over to visit her parents, Jimmy and Glenda Whitson. And if you're not from this area, even though it's January, it's not uncommon for temperatures to be in the 70s. So kids go out to ride their bikes. I had my EC, like, kick on this week. Yeah, the
1: temperature temperature is just all over the place. Like, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's hot, and you're just like... Yeah,
0: we're recording this the week of the anniversary, so it's the same kind of weather. Yeah. Uh, They were supposed to only ride around the block, but they remembered there was a cool ramp at the abandoned Winn-Dixie parking lot that wasn't too far away, so they headed there. Ricky decided to turn back because he was scared of getting into trouble from deviating where they were supposed to be and Amber said she would be right behind him. As he got closer to the house, he looks behind and doesn't see his sister. He tells Jimmy, his grandfather, that she must still be at the parking lot, so they get into the truck and head over to get her, and all that's left in the parking lot is her pink and white bike. At 3.10, Ricky and Amber left the house, and by 3.18, she's gone. All it took was eight minutes. It's terrifying. It just, oh, God. The 911 call. So while all that's going on, a neighbor, 78-year-old Jimmy Kevill, whose backyard faced the parking lot, calls 911 to report an abduction he had seen through his chain-link fence. It is shocking anybody saw this.
1: No, like when you look at the the scene, just, I mean, it's such a, there are no windows on any of that building. Like it's just, it's dead over there.
0: He told police that he had seen a little girl riding her bike and then saw a man in his 20s or 30s grab her, throw her in his truck as she kicked and screamed. The suspect was medium build, less than six feet tall, dark hair, and the pickup truck was black, single cab, in good condition with no chrome or striping. And you have to imagine this like in a good old boy Texas voice. He didn't bother the bike. He just grabbed her and took off. She hollered real loud, cause I could hear a plum over here. So that's what made me think there was something foul about it. Bless him.
1: <laughs> Which is true when you see someone snatch up a girl and you don't take the bike. Like there it's was something clearly foul about it. Yeah, it's clearly well, not a I could hear a plum over <laughs> plum here. Plum over here. I yeah.
0: him. I had to quote that. But all this happened so quickly. Grandpa Jimmy is there as the police pull in to investigate. Ricky talks about how they had to go back to the house to tell Donna what had happened. And she talks about how she just ran down the block screaming her daughter's name. It's heartbreaking. And it's, it's, it's just
1: like literally like a couple minutes. You just and, yeah. and I like sit here and think about how many times I've told my kids that they could ride their bikes around the around the street or whatever. And then I find out that they, you know, decided to go to the park a little yeah. further away or some shit. How many times have kids just done what they want? Yeah.
0: The police first consider, is this just a custody abduction? Which, I mean, that's reasonable. But it seemed whoever did this waited for Ricky to leave before he took Amber. I think that's, like, because of how quickly it happened.
1: Right, and the fact that she screamed, and the fact that they didn't take the bike. Like, it's just, it's, it's weird. If this was their dad, why
0: wouldn't he have just grabbed both of them? Or probably not even grabbed them, just coaxed them into the car. Yeah, like, hey kids, come on. But I get it, stranger abductions are insanely rare. Something weird that I had never caught is the witness saw the truck turn left out of the parking lot towards town instead of going right towards the highway. That was something new I had learned. Once Donna is calm enough, she calls Pam Curry, the producer, to let her know what's going on. Which normally might sound weird, your daughter's been kidnapped, so one of the first people you call is a producer? But you have to remember that Pam lived with that family for months and recorded so much of their lives.
1: I'm sure they got really close together. Right. She was a friend and she needed support.
0: Yeah. The police are investigating the scene and they find nothing. No tire impressions or cigarette butts. But they do notice a laundromat, laundromat in the same parking lot. However, the, fall, the wall that faced the abduction had no windows and they couldn't find any witnesses that would have been walking in or out. The assumption has been that if there were any other witnesses, they might not have want to come forward for fear of deportation. And the cops have always stated they don't care about that. Right. If this
1: is at this point. Their I biggest think concern is to
0: find the person who did this. The police then send out a meter report to the local stations and they immediately start piling up in front of Jimmy and Glenda's house. And the story was all over the news, which wasn't great for little seven-year-old me to see, uh, especially when they mentioned that 78% of abducted kids who are murdered are usually killed within the first three hours. (laughs) So news stations have to quickly scramble to get the story ready because in the 90s, the quickest way to get information out to the public is through the six o'clock news.
1: And I don't know if you noticed, but it's a while until the six o'clock news. Well, this happened like, 3.18 is when she's
0: taken, so you got less than, like, three hours to get this story together for the
1: news. And they're mostly killed in the first three (laughs) hours. I'm sitting here thinking, we don't have time, people. Like, we're going to have to do, like, a a break-in, like, (laughs) four o'clock
0: news. Pam would later say in an interview, I will have in the show notes, we very quickly had to make a decision with our news director because we all because we had all this footage that was exclusive to us which in the television business is what everybody wants so we had to make a decision do we keep that for ourselves or do we hand it out and hopefully that will result in her being found they of course released it to other stations they're not monsters no but I think that's what made this case an even bigger deal in our area because here's actual footage of this little girl just living her life it made it more real than just a typical school photo that's usually shown on the news It's like, here she is opening birthday presents and just playing in the front yard. Blowing out the
1: candles on her cake.
0: Yeah. The police learn about the documentary and we're like, oh, obviously somebody saw it. That's why they took her. It hadn't even aired yet. It was airing that week. So the next few days, it's just a waiting game for the family. The police follow leads and interviewing everyone in and around the family. So it seems their only suspect is a guy named Mike Thompson, who was friends with Richard Who the dad was living with. And it doesn't help that he just immediately jumps into doing media interviews and also owns a black truck. I might be a psychic, but I'm just going to say he didn't do it. (laughs) In one of the news footage clips I saw, someone had a jack-in-the-box head on their antenna. Do you remember those? Yeah! I was so excited when we finally got a jack-in-the-box in in our hometown because then we could buy those little heads to put on their cars. I was
1: so mad because we never got
0: one. (laughs) It was just seeing that little bit of nostalgia. I was like, oh, I
1: forgot about that. No, I totally wanted one, and like we never got one. I was just like, God damn
0: it! Because
1: we, I wonder if I have, could like, find.
0: They'd always have like you know the limited time like
1: snowman one. stupid. We're gonna we're one. gonna look them up. We're gonna see if we can <laughs> find some on eBay.
0: I wonder if they still have them.
1: God, I hope so. Cause we're we're totally getting one. <laughs> it delighted us as children. It's the little things.
0: Um. But yeah, Mike is ruled out because he doesn't fit the description and he had proof that he was delivering auto parts 30 to 40 minutes away. Also, have news stations stopped practicing the um, interviewing kids about the abduction of other kids? Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> that little boy was just like... It was several kids. That, like, Hey, kids, some girl your age was kidnapped by some monster and who knows what's happening to her. What's your hot take on this situation? <laughs> and little boy is like, I just hope they find her and she's okay. Mom. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, you can't talk to children. (laughs) The search for Amber comes to an end four days later, near near midnight on January 17th, when a man walking his dog spots her body in a creek behind an apartment complex less than five miles from where she was abducted. Obviously, the police can't say right away, that this is Amber so while they have to continue investigating
1: the scene the family is sitting at home just glued to the tv watching the news just hours and hours and hours of them just sitting wide awake watching them speculate on the news whether or not it's their daughter's body
0: as soon as Pam heard they found a body she raced over to the house with one of her photographers so this case really is a true crime documentary because it's all of this is basically filmed the whole process
1: it's right. so fascinating It is to literally see the family sitting there yeah, sitting in the living the room, the little boy asleep on the couch. Like You see the victim film so
0: close to when the abduction happened. You see the family scrambling after she's reported missing, the waiting around until she's found, the reactions to the news of them finding the body, and when the
1: family is actually notified of it being her body. And them basically getting five you, minutes yeah. before the whole world finds out you're experiencing
0: the family's heartbreak with them. I felt so bad for Darrell Perryman, who was with the Arlington Victims' Assistance. She was the one who had to go over to the family and inform them that they found a body, but that they were waiting on identifying her. Finally, after waiting around for hours with this family, she's informed that they've positively identified the body as belonging to Amber based on birthmarks, and she has five minutes to inform the family before the media finds out. Which is just, like...
1: What a horrifying job. Unheard of. The idea that they don't even get a second to...
0: Yeah, to not only have to tell a family that their child is dead, but also you're on a time crunch. That's horrible. You don't have time to sit and think about how you're going to destroy this family as gently as possible. And again, all of this is filmed, so you have to sit there and listen to this family fall apart. I had to take a break afterwards. I sobbed the whole hour, so... (laughs) And then the family goes back to the news to see their little girl being wheeled on a stretcher covered with a blue blanket to the M.E.'s van. They are such a strong family. So now the murder investigation begins. I hate that they found her body so close to a playground. It just, it sickens me. I feel like, was that done on purpose?
1: I just, ugh.
0: Their belief belief is that she was left where her body was found, which I'm not sure about. There were such bad storms those couple of days. How certain are they that she didn't, like, wash down? I know they said they didn't find, like, scratches and stuff, but... Well,
1: and then, like, so on the 911 call, when the woman's saying, like, they think they found the body or whatever, and she's like, my husband's down there. He's worried that it's going to wash away. Yeah. And she's, if it comes down to it, like, he's not going to let go of her. And I sobbed then, because I'm just <laughs> like... God, I couldn't even imagine. So, yeah, I mean, I just... I I could see that it, like it had floated,
0: but this location and the fact that the killer drove towards town and not towards the highway tells them that it's someone local. The apartment complex next to the creek had gated access, but one of the gates was broken. As someone who's visited apartment complexes before with gates, that shit doesn't matter. No, you just follow, follow another car in. in. Yeah. <laughs> So even if the one gate had been working, I still wouldn't just right away assume it's somebody who lived in the complex. I don't know why they were hush-hush on the name of the apartment complex when the Arlington PD cold case page has it on there. Like they never once said it in this.
1: Yeah, they even blacked it out in the... It's the Forest Ridge Apartments.
0: Yeah. I feel like if Arlington PD has it on their website. Uh, They do have cameras at the entrances, but not only was this mid-90s technology. Again, there were huge storms in the area during this time, so the footage is not only grainy, it's blurry from the rain and the wind. They do catch what they believe is the same black truck on the footage, but again, it's basically worthless. Canvassing the apartment complex, they don't find any witnesses. It is insane, like all of this is just done out in the open and there's no witnesses
1: which is another Except reason why i think guy. that it it must have been washed down because how, what are the chances that in like a huge apartment complex uh, well, like it's
0: not shocking living in an apartment kind of requires you to have blinders on to what's going on with your neighbors there's sort of an understanding that if you can see and hear them they can see and hear you with what you're also doing so you just kind of learn to ignore everything going on around you i suppose but i just think like outside i'm more aware And then there's more heartbreak from Donna. Two days later, she's taken to go see Amber's body and is upset that the girl in front of her isn't her daughter. Obviously it is, but you just don't want to accept that your child is dead. And then she had to wait another day just to be able to hold her hand at the funeral home. And it was not a pleasant death for Amber. The monster that did this just completely cut her throat. What kind of person do you have to be to do this to a nine-year-old? I think a small child. And they said they didn't find signs of sexual assault, which I was always under the impression that they did believe she was sexually assaulted.
1: I was under that impression as well. And yeah. I, I mean, in the documentary, I know they said that you can't always tell or you can't always be sure or something but like, like that.
0: For years, that's what I thought. But then
1: he said that the, you know, he may have just gotten satisfaction from killing her, yeah, but like, like so was
0: she just murdered for no reason. You know what? Just leave kids alone. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, just, I can jerk off. <laughs> Not two
0: children. <laughs> I hope. They also didn't find signs of torture, restraint, or even defensive wounds, and they believed she had been kept alive for at least two days, which leads into even more of how did no one witness anything? No, I just... It's, it's just too weird. I just... It's so weird. Nobody heard anything or two days it's weird January 20th 1996 is the day of her funeral where over 2,000 people attended which had to be so hard for the police who were there uh, if you aren't aware in an unsolved murder police will attend the funeral just to see if anybody's acting weird or at a place to try and find a suspect but that's just a sea of people to try to observe and Donna is still doing nonstop media interviews, but it's really starting to wear on her. And I can understand that she wants to keep her daughter in the news because she wants to find the killer, but I feel like she's not taking the time to grieve, but everybody grieves her own way. So right. It's still,
1: it's still so fresh that she still needs it to be, you know, the top news story, but at the same yeah. time, like it's kind of hard to, to mourn and yeah. accept things when you're just in the spotlight.
0: So among the thousands of tips they received, one was from a woman who said she witnessed the abduction and had a partial plate number for the truck. And she waited four days after the funeral to come forward. I don't know. If I saw someone banging on the back of a truck window and then saw on the news that a girl was kidnapped by someone who was driving something that matched that same vehicle, I'd call it immediately. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and it's not like, oh, maybe she didn't watch the news. So she didn't know. It was the everywhere. It was everywhere. I cannot stress that enough. Everybody knew about it. Everybody was talking about it. You could be living under a rock and you would still know about it. We were children who should not be paying attention to the news and we knew about it. (laughs) The police work together with the Ford Motor Company to track down a suspect with the description and the partial plate number and it leads them to a potential suspect who actually lives in Arlington in the area where this occurred. They go talk to the guy and search his property and of course that doesn't lead anywhere. They go back to talk to the witness and her statements don't add up to the facts. And finally, she just admits that she made it all up, wasting everybody's time trying to find who murdered this nine-year-old girl. Because she wanted to help the mother. Like, how the fuck is that helping? I don't understand people who get involved with crimes like this. If you don't know anything, leave the fucking police and the victim's families the fuck alone.
1: Yeah. I don't don't understand that
0: need to insert yourself.
1: Don't make shit up. Don't get involved. How sad is your
0: life? Uh, her excuse was said that she thought it would help donna out and give her more hope and spur the cops to do more with this case How was that helpful yeah they just fucking twirl their thumbs on some false You're bullshit taking resources away from actually finding the person who did this not to mention if the arlington police could solve any case i promise you it would be this one they don't need to get that push When Amber was taken, the idea was she might have been found sooner if only there was a way to get the word out quicker to the public. This is when Diana Simone enters the picture. She was a resident of Fort Worth who normally didn't really watch the news, but she just happened to catch the report on TV in passing about Amber being missing. This gave her the idea to call a local radio station and ask them if there was a way to broadcast information to the public to get people involved much sooner. I checked, and the radio station was Mix 1029... Oh, I love that station. This is where Amber Alerts started from a lady who wanted to be informed about missing kids while also rocking out to hits from the 70s, 80s, and today. The idea, Which back then
1: was the 90s. <laughs> but that was
0: what their tagline was. Hits from the 70s, 80s, and today. The idea was a hit and starting October 30th, 1996, alerts were manually made for participating radio stations. It I remember such, hearing those. Like, it's such a simple idea, and it's insane. It took so long for someone to think about it.
1: But like, do you like? I can still like when they did the Amber Alert and the guy was doing it over. The, I was just like, oh my god, That's nostalgia. Yeah. Like, November 1998,
0: almost three years after Amber's murder, is the first time the Amber Alert is used when eight-week-old Rayleigh Bradbury was kidnapped by her babysitter Sandra Phailis. That name is unfortunate. Phallus. Phallus. <laughs> they even played an example of that grady siren that they used on the radio for the Amber Alerts. And man, it just took me back.
1: Yes. It's like nostalgic. It's, I just. My
0: dad used to be a volunteer firefighter. And when his um, radio would go off, it would play like this siren. And I heard it in a TV show one time. And I, it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> It took me, I just remember if we heard it and we were in a hallway, we had to get back up against the wall. and just be as thin as possible because he'd have to run to get dressed or run out the door. It's just those little noises you hear. You're like, oh God, I'm back 20 years. Uh, and within 90 minutes, they said 30 in this documentary, but every news report I read said 90 minutes. Someone spotted Phelous' truck and the baby is found safe. I'm sure it also didn't help that the truck they were looking for was turquoise. (laughs) I thought that was Don't commit
1: crimes in bright colored vehicles. I just like in the 911 call when the guys, I found it. I found the baby. (laughs) He's like, I can't believe it's
0: really her. (laughs) We're from these same areas. Do we have those accents?
1: (laughs) I think we might. I found the baby. (laughs) She got her in the front seat. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh fyi in 2000 a tarrant county jury found sandra falis guilty of kidnapping and sentenced her to 10 years of probation
1: what <laughs> you just take a baby fucking and get probation.
0: insane <laughs> but don't worry her probation was revoked when she was arrested for shoplifting and she was sentenced to eight years in prison i thought you were gonna say shoplifting a baby i know I didn't get away with stealing a baby, but maybe if I steal from the store, I'll get away with it. <laughs> she did not.
1: <laughs> I mean, at least she I downgraded to possession. <laughs> bitch, you,
0: you didn't get away with your crime the first time of stealing. You, you can't steal. God. It's not a baby. It's fine. Very quickly, let's go through how this ended up being implemented through America. And there's a lot of yada yada I kind of skip over because it is a lot. It was a good idea. (laughs) October 2000, the U.S. House of Representatives adopted House Resolution 605, which encouraged communities nationwide to start the AMBER plan. October 2001, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children launched a campaign to have AMBER Alert systems established nationwide. In February 2002, the Federal Communications Commission officially endorsed the system. September that same year, 26 states had established Amber Alert systems that covered all or parts of the state. A bipartisan group of U.S. senators proposed legislation to name an Amber Alert coordinator in the U.S. Justice Department who could help coordinate state efforts. The bill also provided $25 million in federal matching grants for states to establish an Amber Alert program and any equipment they would need, such as electronic highway signs. Which, I mean, yeah, now we see them all the time
1: yeah all the you know billboards when you're going down like the tollway or anything yeah, like, like that the clear
0: alerts or silver alerts amber alerts the bill passed the senate unanimous unanimously within a week of its proposal which is insane if you know anything about politics yeah just like everybody voted on ev- it was really quick. everyone finds a way to say no to something hold on a similar bill passed the house several weeks later on a 390 to 24 vote who the fuck were those 24 assholes <laughs>
1: You know that anytime anything good happens, there always is one or two naysayers I hate children.
0: If the kids are kidnapped, they should stay kidnapped. <laughs> President Bush, I follow the fittest. Those little bitches should have stayed at home. President Bush signed into law the 2003 Protect Act, which I remember when this happened just because after he signed the bill and they show it when he gives that little weird nod to that little girl <laughs> standing next to him it always cracks me up. Like, I did it. I saved you. <laughs> yes,
1: he's going to protect her.
0: Now I'm going back to my ranch. The alerts were offered digitally in... You're going to shit yourself. The alerts were offered digitally in November 2002 when American Online began a service allowing people to sign up to receive notifications via pa- computer, pager, or cell phone based on their entered zip dates, zip code. And I was like, oh
1: man, America Online. Get old AOL chat rooms. <laughs> By
0: 2005, all 50 states had operational programs. As of January 1st, 2013, AMBER alerts are automatically sent through the wireless emergency alerts, as I'm sure we all know.
1: Right when it does that <laughs> In loud the
0: middle of the night yeah I still pay attention to what it says every time, even though I don't fucking go
1: anywhere. (laughs) Still do as well. And sometimes I'm like, well, that is so far. Why the fuck would I even be getting this alert? Yeah, we
0: get ones for Houston.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Houston ones, I don't... They'd go to
0: Mexico. Why are they coming up north?
1: Yeah, the Houston ones, I'm not as observant of. But I do think a lot of people now get annoyed with the Amber Alerts because they're like, ugh, this again? I don't
0: care. If this happens to my kid, I want people to pay attention.
1: And... We had one recently as I watched this documentary. Yes, we and did. it was I thought actually, that was so weird. And it was actually near my house. And they still haven't been found. They have not still been Which found. Is terrifying. From everything
0: we've learned in this, I guess I didn't realize like how many hoops it had to go through for it to be a national thing. Just because we live in North Texas where this originated, like as soon as they're like, "Hey, there's this program," right away it was implemented.
1: Right. It was just immediate. Like, all the radio stations were just, like,
0: on it. Yep. And so many other countries have joined in to create their own program. I'm not going to name them all. It's, like, half of Europe, Russia, China. It's so many. And they each have different names for them.
1: Well, and and an interesting thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is that there is criteria for issuing an Amber Alert. There has to be a vehicle involved with a description.
0: I feel like sometimes they're a little more loose with it, depending... Because like the one we just talked about, they didn't have a vehicle description. I thought they did. They just said who the person was, and then like an hour or two later, we got an updated one with the vehicle description.
1: Maybe that's what maybe that's what I was thinking of. Um, but I know a lot of people a lot of people will be like, oh, I can't believe they didn't issue an Amber Alert, and it's like, well, you can't like the the idea behind it is that people are listening to it on the radio in their car and they're driving and they're going to see the car and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Plus you also kind of have to know that the child's been taken. Like you can't just have like.
0: Yeah. There were a couple of ones like when California first had theirs, like I think it was like the first month or first year they had like 14 people or 14 Amber Alerts or whatever they had at the time go out and like two of them were misunderstandings it turned out
1: yeah they're just I mean they
0: found all the kids
1: but it was just like but two of them were misunderstandings I'm like what I don't know how that happened like, let's not get this the whole town involved in your misunderstanding <laughs> check the house
0: <laughs> uh but it's amazing to see Donna didn't just fall apart after her daughter she went on to help out other missing children and help make sure other parents didn't have to go through the loss she did She lost her daughter, but she also built a legacy for her. January 13th, 2021 was the 25th anniversary of the kidnapping. The police held a news conference where they announced the creation of Amber Alerts had directly led to the safe recovery of 1,029 abducted children and also asked the public again for help. After 25 years, they finally released 25 years they finally released an aerial shot of the creek where she was found, hoping it might help somebody remember something. Why would you wait so long?
1: <laughs> I just... Well, and, and then at the end, they mentioned that there is... They do
0: have trace evidence to some, submit for yeah. DNA testing, but it's such a small amount. They worry that if they test it, it may be destroyed. Do they wait for technology to get even better? But, I mean, at this point, it's been 27 years. Like I how just, much longer do you wait? I think... It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard I how mean, you make that decision.
1: Yeah. I just... I, Well, and I think that, like, the way technology is advancing, especially lately where you literally don't even have to have your DNA on file. They can find you through, like, your second cousin. Yeah. I just... I think that it's going to come down to something like that. They're going to have to get...
0: So I'm like, how much longer can you wait? It's been 27 years.
1: They're They're going to have to build... From the ground up, this whole
0: genetic tree. Um, WFAA never released the Welfare to Work documentary that had featured Amber and her family. But the next year in 1997, they released After Amber, which chronicles Amber's life using the footage they already showed in this. And talks about how Pam got to know the family and the journeys Amber family experienced after her murder... And the changes lawmakers made in the immediate aftermath. I will link to it in the notes, but if you thought this documentary was sad, this one's worse. It features, Donna visiting, not be watching it. It features Donna visiting Amber's classroom and her grave. It's rough. But again, I mean, both of these documentaries are great. So shockingly, even after investigating over 7,000 tips, This is still an open case and still a big deal in the DFW area. If you have any information, there is a $10,000 reward. And don't be like that one bitch and just report false evidence and waste everybody's time. I'm so mad they didn't prosecute her.
1: Yeah, I I was surprised that they didn't. Like that one (laughs) detective was pissed.
0: Like at least make her do community service. Something to actually help the community. Uh, If you do have a tip, you can contact a special tip line at 817-575-8823, and if you wish to stay anonymous, you can call Crime Stoppers of Tarrant County at 817 469-8477. Again, the suspect was described as white or Hispanic male in his 20s or 30s, just under 6 feet tall, with medium build and brown or black hair. The suspect's vehicle was described as a 1980s or 90s black pickup truck. She was taken from the parking lot loaded, located at 1600 East Abram Street, and her body was left at 2908 Forest Hollow or the Forest Ridge Apartments. I really hope this case gets solved because it's been 27 years. I want Donna and Ricky to have peace.
1: I want them to catch this man while he is still alive.
0: Even if they were like, oh, he died 10 years ago. At least we know who did it. I just
1: I want him to get punished. I would take something other than nothing.
0: Uh, As I said, I really enjoyed this one, though. It really captured what the community was feeling during that time.
1: It really felt like you were there.
0: It was was like, oh my god. It felt like we were there anyway. I remember this time. And any excuse to get this case out
1: there in the public, again, is great. Yeah, I mean 27 years. Yes. That's a long time to not know what happened to your child. And it's also good
0: for people to know, like, This is why we have Amber Alerts. This is where it came from. My kid still regrets asking me what the Amber Alert was. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I told him straight up. (laughs) This is why mommy is so paranoid, because I grew up during
1: this. She's like, mom, why do you always have to get so graphic? You don't know what it was like.
0: We had to see it and hear it on the news. (laughs) We're telling it to you softly and not as explicit as the news was. I don't know I'm pretty
1: I'm just just kidding I'm like in the uh in Arrested Development the guy with the hook for the hand or whatever like I'm always scaring my kids straight why didn't you just leave a note (laughs) always leave a note
0: okay uh sorry so thank you for listening we'll be back next week with something good. I hope so. For the love of God, we need something uplifting. We, have, we at least have a buffer. We could take a week off if we can't find anything.
1: Yeah, I just, I can't do another sad one. I need I need a little bit of a... No more children death for at least
0: a week, two weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I need some recovery time. <laughs> so we will be back with something good. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Talk To Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomypod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at pod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.